be here this morning. Um, before I start, though, um, Jess or Marissa, whoever, he's home. <laughs> I know that there were quite a few of you guys that um, uh, wrote some letters to my nephew who was at sea for 10 months. He was supposed to be home, I think, in uh, early October. And because of what happened in Israel, uh, his ship was, um, well, he had to go back. So he was on the ship for about 10 months. And so my brother was trying to get a care package together. And um, he was like, hey, I thought he was like, hey, any of the single girls, right? J just That's what I thought he was saying. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that, you know? <laughs> There's nobody that I would, you know, anyway. So I was like, he just kept on and on. And um, he's like, I just want people to write him. He's, he's getting depressed. You know, he's been at sea, whatever, whatever. And um, so I'm like, sure. So quite a few of you guys um, wrote some letters to him. I was able to send that to Jesse. He was able to ship it. So he did get them. And so I wanted to tell you guys, thank you very much. I know he's wearing the bracelet that um, Naya made him, the wallet. And um, what's funny is that Cherie stopped by the house <laughs> and she brought her letters. And inside the bag was some tortillas. And I'm like, why is she wanting me to send him tortillas? So I told Zicky, I said, I don't know how I'm going to get these tortillas in the package that I'm sending. He says, tortillas? I said, yeah, she sent me tortillas and these two letters. And she he said, no, those are for us to try. I go, oh, I always tried to ship them to Justin. So he did not get the tortillas. We kept those, but he got home about two weeks ago. And that's my brother with Justin when he uh, got off the ship. And the first thing he did was take off his uniform and then he went and got a haircut. So I just wanted to tell you guys, thank you so much for sending those letters and writing them. I'm, I'm very grateful. And he wanted me to tell you, thank you very much. It really helped him in a time where he was feeling quite uh, depressed being at sea for so long and not being you know, with family. He missed Christmas and all that stuff. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. Okay, so how many of y'all have phones? Nobody? Wonderful. Okay, you got phones, put them away. Let's, let's give this time to the Lord for just a, maybe 45 minutes, maybe, maybe I'll get out of here in 30, I don't know, depends on how quick I am, yeah, maybe two hours, yeah, 90 minutes, if I'm going off a Ziggy, then I say 30 minutes, we'll be here for another hour and a half. Okay, today I'm going to be talking about um, the woman with the issue of blood. So, um, <clears throat> Jet, or I'm sorry, I keep saying Jess because she was back there when I first went back there this morning. Um, Marissa, we're doing English Standard version, version in Luke 8, 43 and 48. Eight, 43 through 48. I would read, but I didn't put it in my notes, and I didn't bring my Bible up here. So there we go. 43. Four, three. Slow poke. Slow poke. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I really love this screen back here. That's awesome. Okay. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. 
She came up behind and touched the fringe of his garment, and, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that the power, I perceive that power has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declaring in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had immediately, she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Okay, so this woman, I kind of want to, it's good to see you guys over here. Um, this woman had an issue of blood, well, to put that in how we understand it, she had a she was menstruating for 12 years. And I know guys probably don't really get that. But us women, that's 400, or I'm sorry, 4,380 days. And for me, when I think about that, I think about what all comes with that. You have irritability. You have bloating, you have cramping, headaches, migraines, soreness, fatigue. You have all that stuff. So she had all this going on for 12 years, 4,380 days. That's what this woman had to endure. So when I try to put all that into perspective, oh, on top of all that, she was bleeding on top of all that. So that's a lot for a woman to go through. And, oh, she had cravings, too. Can you imagine the cravings on that? Oh, Lord Jesus. And if they didn't have chocolate, not good. And I don't know that they had chocolate back then. But, you know, you think about that. That's a lot. So when I was thinking about this, I'm thinking about this woman because I try to think about what would I have done had it been me. And, and I think about how that they say that she spent all her living on physicians. She didn't have health choice. She didn't have Blue Cross, Blue Shield a copay, you know, she didn't have to go get pre-authorization before she could go to a doctor. She went to these doctors hoping that she would have some type of cure to what she was dealing with. And she wasn't getting answers. She was, she became worse and she's spending everything she has. So I was trying to put that all into perspective in how I would deal with that type of, I don't know, God help me, poor Ziggy, Lord, I don't even know that we would have been together for that long. <laughs> He'd been going, out, you're out. <clears throat> I don't know. But um, back then you have to, you know, when I think about this, you have to think about the Jewish law back then in that time. Back then in that time, when you had this going on, females had this going on, you were considered unclean. And when, when, you, when you have a cycle, typically it's seven days, typically. Um, and then after that, you had to wait seven days. You were, you were still unclean. So it was like 14 days. Um, so back then in that time, you were not able to go out in public with people. Because if you touched other people, they were considered unclean. So she was away from people in general. 12 years. She couldn't go out. That was the law. You, could no, you couldn't go out. So she couldn't hug people. She couldn't kiss people, pat them on the back, say, hi, you know, hey, you want to go grab some lunch? Hey, let's go have girls night out. She couldn't do any of that stuff. She had to hide herself away in 
her house, whatever she was doing, she couldn't have any contact with people. I know everybody here knows what that's like because of COVID. Because of COVID, we couldn't get around people, is what they said. You can't get around anybody for two weeks. She did it for 12 years. Now imagine, I know you guys can imagine what that was like because we did it. It was horrible. You couldn't be with your family. We couldn't go to Thanksgiving. We didn't go to Christmas because nobody wanted to get COVID. So we all kind of have an idea of what that was like, not having that contact with people. Well, this lady had to endure it for 12 years. Now, for some people, if you're that withdrawn, imagine the depression she felt, the anxiety that she went through, the things that went through her mind during that time. So that's how I look. I'm, I'm thinking about this lady going, dear me, what did she do? I, and I can't even imagine what the doctors were like back then. I mean, here for females, when we have exams, you guys know what that's like, you know, the exams that we go through. Imagine back then, the, you know, now we've, they've done studies. They go, doctors go to, to, to school to get a degree. I don't know what these doctors were doing. Can you imagine what she had to endure to, to go through trying to figure out what was wrong and they made her worse than when she when she first started so when I was thinking about this I was uh I went back to a time where <clears throat> it was back in 2020 right right after COVID um after my mom passed away um I started having some health issues well I was thinking it was because I was depressed because my mom was gone you know I, I had a rough time after my mom passed away so you know, here it is, you know, my mom passed away in September, and here it is December, and Ziggy is like, there is something wrong. <laughs> Look, let me just tell you, if you are married and you don't know what's going on with your spouse, you should. You're one, you should know what's going on with your spouse if something's going on. Well, Ziggy caught it before I did. He's like, you know what, I think something's wrong. You might need to just go, let's get you checked out, make sure there's nothing going on with you. And I'm like, okay. So I went to the doctor and, you know, they're doing tests, you know, x-rays, they're poking me, they're doing everything they can um, to see what was going on. And um, they, they thought that I had lupus or RA. And I remember there was one, one day that I was, uh, I was cleaning, Ziggy was somewhere and I was by myself in the house and I was cleaning and my hands would hurt so bad. They ached so bad. And the amount of pain that I had, you know, brought me to tears. I was crying and I called Twyla. I said, Twyla, I need you to pray for me because I'm hurting. And um, I think I text Hilda. I think I text Carolyn. I'm like, you guys need to pray for me. I'm, I'm really struggling here. I'm in so much pain. And um, what's funny is that when I went to the doctor, they said, there's a possibility you have RA and or lupus by looking at the numbers that you have here. Well, you would think that me being married to Ziggy, I'd be going, in the name of Jesus, I don't have that. Heck no. First thing I did was I called my sister Marie. She has lupus. So I called her. Hey, so tell me what happens with you. What do you feel? What are your symptoms? What's going on? So she talks to me, she tells me everything going on with her, and I go, okay. So you think that'd be enough? No, I call my other sister, Mary. Mary, they're saying I think, you know, they think I have lupus. I said, an RA, mom had arthritis, right? Man, the first thing I'm thinking in my head is, it's in my genes. 
my sister has lupus, my mom had issues. You know what, it's probably something that I just have to deal with, you know? And then it hit me. <laughs> I was calling because I was in fear. And what has Ziggy been talking about? Ziggy's been talking about aligning yourself with the will of God. That's what we've been talking about, aligning yourself with the will of God. So the first thing I'm thinking is, I'm in fear after all the conversation. And you know, it didn't stop there. You know, you, I know you guys do that. You guys are calling each other. My, my niece is a nurse. So of course I'm like, hey, Larissa, I got this going on. That's what we do. We Google it. We Google what kind of cure is there for this. Like, what, do, what am I going to have to endure if this is wrong with me? We, that's what we do, you know? And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, so when I started thinking about all these, these, these things in my head as I'm going through going, what, what's going on in my body? Um, and I realized that I was in fear. It was like a wake-up call to me, like, what are you doing? What are you doing thinking about these things? I know Ziggy touched on this on Wednesday. The first thing that you have to battle with is your mind. That was the first thing I had to battle was my mind whenever they told me that they thought that this was wrong with me. It was my mind. My mind directly went to um, what everybody else is probably goes to is, oh gosh, let me look up the symptoms of lupus. Let me look up the symptoms of RA. What, do I have this? Do I have this? Not, you know, in the name of Jesus, Lord, because your word says I'm healed, then I'm healed. No, I start going, what do I feel? What is my body feeling? That's the first thing that you think. And so the Bible says um, in Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perf the perfect will of God. That's what God's word says. I didn't think those things in my head. Those weren't the things that I was going through. I was thinking about what I was feeling. And so um, after, after I called my sisters and I, I realized that I was in fear, then I had to go back to the word. What does the word say about fear? Well, the word says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to look up fear. What is fear? Fear is this. It means feeling fear or anxiety, worried that something undesirable will occur or be done, unwilling or reluctant to do something for fear of the consequences. That's what it was. I was fear of the consequences of what it was that I might have. And so my, when I start thinking, oh gosh, you know, what if I do? What if I do? I know my, my sister, I, she's talked to me about some of the stuff that's going on. I was like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to deal with that. There's no way I'm going to be trying to get myself in a hot tub because my, my bones are hurting, my, I'm aching. There's no way I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And so immediately I'm like, stand with me, believe with me. Twyla, believe with me. Hilda, believe with me. I'm healed. I'm, and let me tell you, I had to work through that. It, there were days that it was so hard and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I always remember what Ayla says. And I'm thankful that she said this because it really has helped me when it comes to healing is sick people don't stay in bed. They just don't. You know what I mean by that? I mean, you know, you're sick, you're sick, you're in bed. But um, I push myself going, you know, and I watched Ziggy because I know that he said something on Wednesday. He wished somebody was in here with him to testify to the fact that he does, he does not get sick. I've been married to him for 36 years this year, and that man hardly... I can count on one hand 
how many times that man has been sick. And when he does, it, most men, sorry guys. Most men are babies when they get sick. Ziggy is not that way. I mean, I will, I'm like, do you need something? Do you want me to make you something? Do you want a blanket? Would you like for me to make you some tea with some honey? Do you want to take something? Everything. No. 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 I'm like, dang. What? Tell me what I can do. Well, this year when we got, we got sick, like right before uh, Christmas, the week before. And I got it first, and then he just started getting, like, sore throat. And I'm like, oh, no, because he hardly, he hardly ever. So I'm like, yeah, it's just probably just, no, he, he did not feel good at all. So, but he, he was moving, just try, he was pushing himself, just, and I watch him do it. I watch him do it every time um, that this happens to him. And he was pushing himself <clears throat> to, to get up and move. And um, he's so funny. That, guy, that man is funny. Um, I'm like, just let me make you some tea. Let me do something. And then I started to realize that when I say, and you know, we do this, and it's not bad, but I think we need to change how we do it. But when somebody is sick, because our church is awesome, if we know that somebody is sick, we reach out to them going, how you doing? How you feeling? And that's what I was doing to Ziggy. How you feeling today? And he just, you know, I'm okay. Well, then I started thinking about every time I would ask him, how you doing today? It was always a thing of, he was very hesitant with his mouth, what he was going to say. And so then I started thinking, you know what? It's probably not a good thing for me to ask people, how you feeling? I think I'm going to change that. So when I reach out to you guys to say, to check on you, it's not going to be how you feeling it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like, has a manifestation taken place in your body yet? Not how you feeling. You know what I mean? Because then we say it. We're saying what we're feeling. And we can't go with what we feel. You know? It's, it's something that we have to, it's a battle. It's a battle in our mind, but we cannot say what we feel. Um, because... We have to watch our words, and we have to watch what's in our mind. So when, when, I'm, when I'm talking about what, watching what you say, like the Bible, this is what the Bible says, because um, Jesus talked about it. And in John 6, 63, he said, if the spirit who gives life, sorry, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe it. That's part of 43. So your words aren't just noise. Your words have life. They or death. They can do either one. They can bring life or they can bring death. Um, Proverbs um, 18.2, that's what it says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Psalms 141.3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Um, Psalms 39.1, I say, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence. The enemy is waiting for you to say something stupid. He's waiting for you. That's what it says in the presence um, of those that are wicked. He's waiting for you to say something stupid. So next time, think about what you're saying. Because I think that this lady for 12 years had to watch it. Now, when you think about this, I'm telling you guys, she couldn't go out. 
So then you're thinking, well, if she couldn't go out, then how did she know all what was, what was happening? How did she know Jesus was coming? Because she, she couldn't go out. She couldn't talk to me. I don't know if she's married. I don't know if she had children. I don't know what relationship she had going on with her family. I have no idea because the Bible doesn't really say. I can only assume maybe what was happening with her at that time, you know, maybe she was getting some type of communicate. I don't have any idea. I'm just, we can only imagine what she had to deal with. But when the Bible, there are things that Jesus said to her that make you think that she was doing things according to the Jewish law. So he called her daughter. That's not something that he just would say to somebody, you know, I think it was because of the Jewish law. What the Jewish law was that you had to be taught in the word. So if she was taught in the word, then she could have been building her faith all these years. Because I don't know. That was my, that's an assumption. Don't know if that that's true, but it's a possibility that because she was brought up in the word, because that's what they were taught, then she had 12 years to build on her faith. Or maybe she didn't. I don't know. That's my thought is that that's a possibility. So I'm thinking of this, this lady and I'm going, okay, well, she either had to build her faith for 12 years or she was maybe in her kitchen and she heard people walking by. She kind of leaned her ear over listening to what they were saying about what was happening, the mumblings of Jesus coming to town. And then at that moment, she thought, this is my opportunity. This man is healing people. She's hearing the stories. This is my opportunity. What am I going to do? Well, the Jewish law was you can't leave your house. You can't go anywhere. You have to stay home. You have to be hidden. So for 12 years, she's by herself trying to think of what, what am I going to do? She's, she's, you know, the doctors have given up on her. She's, she's worse than she was before. So she has the opportunity. What am I going to do? Am, am I going to believe in faith that Jesus can really, this man, Jesus can heal me? Was her faith built up enough at that point that she could say, this is my time. This is my day. I don't know. Um, I can only assume that those are things that she was going through her mind. And so then I imagine this lady going, you know what? This is my opportunity. She had to risk the chance of something happening to her because she broke the law. Well, back then when you broke the law, they would stone you. She had to risk it. So then I picture, I can totally get this. You know, we see celebrities nowadays, if they're trying to be in disguise, they put on sunglasses, they put on a hat, they try to hide. I can imagine that that's what she was doing. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I would put on a coat, a hood, you know. She probably covered her face. She, maybe she had sunglasses back there. I don't know. Maybe she did. I would think they would be in that time. But, you know, she had sunglasses. She covered herself. And she had to make her way outside hoping nobody that really knew her saw her and said, you're not supposed to be here. This lady right here is not supposed to be here. And then she'd be calling the popo, hey, you need to come get her because she's breaking the law. She's going outside of the law of what we're supposed to be doing. I don't know. But that's, what I, that's how I picture it. So I picture her looking in the mirror, am I disguised enough? This no, nobody's going to know who I am. She goes outside and she's fighting the crowd. But she's, you know, I can imagine she's to herself, just pushing through the crowd, just trying to get at Jesus because it was her opportunity. It was her day. She pushes through the crowd and she didn't want to like 
get all over him like, Jesus, Jesus. No, it was just a touch like that. Something that I wouldn't feel right here. I'm not feeling this when somebody touches my clothes. I'm not feeling that. She didn't even, she didn't have to get a hug. She didn't have to get hands laid on her. She just wanted to touch just one piece of his clothing. That's all she needed. That's how big her faith was. Just a little bit, just a fringe of the bottom of his cloth. Some of us are like, oh, no, I need hands laid on. No, she just a little touch. And I don't know if it was like this or if it was like that. I have no idea what kind of a touch it was. I know Jesus, he was, so what I, I imagine that, you know, it wasn't that he was touched. It was that he was touched. And so, of course, Peter's like, or Jesus is like, who touched me? Now, imagine Peter going, Lord. I mean, have you been to a concert before where it's like you're like walking like this because you're, well, when I'm in a concert like that, I hold on to Ziggy's back of his shirt so I can stay with him or I'm holding his hand so I don't lose him because there's a crowd. So I can imagine if the crowds are pushing through, they're like, he's like, dude. There's so many people. How do you know? I mean, and then they're like, people are like, it wasn't me. I didn't touch you. And then the ones are going, it was them. They touched you, trying to put it on somebody else instead of just, but you know, here she is going, I've been healed because it was instant. I can't imagine what she felt when that happened. She had been bleeding for so long that in it just stopped. And Jesus is like, who touched me? And so she's like, oh, man. She had an opportunity to do nothing here. But what she did was extremely brave of her to do because she, called, she put herself out there in front of everybody that knew she was not supposed to be there. And she might have to face the consequences of the fact that she was out when she wasn't supposed to be. And they could have stoned her. I don't know. You know, you... Who knows? But she, she took that step of faith again, saying it was me. Marissa, you might want to put that back up on there, just where that verse was. She stepped out and she said, it was me. And she told him why. In front of everybody. Um, and when she said, uh, Lord, it was me. I'm waiting for Marissa to put that up there. It's okay. I think, okay. And the women saw, is that ESV? Yes. And when the women saw that she was not hidden, that's a key word. She was hidden. She was hidden. She wasn't hidden anymore. So what happened in that moment when she wasn't hidden? So she had on, she still had on her disguise, She wasn't hidden anymore. So in the presence of everybody, she starts to tell them why. And Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't rebuke her. He, he acknowledged her. And here's where she, he said, daughter, it wasn't just some common woman. He called her daughter, which made her his She was his because he said daughter. It wasn't like woman, 
you know, woman, you are healed. No, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now, what I think is very cool is, you know, I started teaching the kids on Wednesday, which I absolutely love. Wednesday was just a time for us to get to know each other because it's my first time. I wanted to see how they were, what they were like, who my rowdy ones were, which ones were the quiet ones. That's that, you know, so I'm excited about this next Wednesday. But as I was studying, trying to get together what I was going to talk to them about, and basically just talked about what we're going to be doing for the year. And I found a version of the Bible that's called Easy, which is English Standard Bible. And what I like about that is it's, it's very easy to understand. That's why I did it for the kids. But I thought, you know, let me just go look and see what it says. Um, verse 28 says, um, did I say 28? Okay, 48, sorry. It says, Jesus said to the young woman, you are well again because you believed in me. Go and have peace in your mind. She had peace in her mind because, like I said, the first thing you think about when they give you some report about sickness is you go through your mind. It goes through your mind. And whatever is in your mind is what you typically react to. My reaction about what I was going through at that time, I do not have lupus RIA, by the way. Thank the Lord. Um, <clears throat> the first thing I thought was not what God's word said. You would think that that's what I would think, but it wasn't. It was a battle. I was battling within my mind. The first thing I thought was calling my sisters, Googling everything, trying to see what it was that it, what is RA, what is, you know, all that stuff. But her mind was healed. Her, her body was healed. Her mind was healed. I can't imagine all the things that were going through her mind for 12 years. For 12 years, she had plenty of time to do a lot of thinking and figuring out what she was going to do. So this lady had the opportunity in her life to then align herself with the will of God. The will of God is that none be sick. Whatever is true here, whatever is true here, uh, here, there in heaven is true here on earth. And we're given the power to say those things here on earth. So is there COVID in heaven? No. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Flu. Diabetes. No. Hashimoto's. Hypothyroid. Those things are not allowed. So if they're not allowed there, they're not allowed here. We have the power to make that happen here. We have to watch our thoughts. We have to watch our words. All the time. Thank the Lord. I'm so thankful to the Lord. So this woman was a woman of faith. Like I said, I, the Bible doesn't really say much about her. Doesn't say whether or not she had children. I, I don't know. But my, my thought is that if she was brought up in the word of God, she had 12 years to build her faith. She had 12 years to rehearse in her mind what she would do when the opportunity came for her to receive her, her healing. Um, I wanted to touch just a little bit about what happened um, at Revival. I know I talked about it not, you know, like the day after um, but there were some people that weren't here, and um, it, it was life-changing for me. But when we were here at Revival and uh, the, the praise and worship team, the threshing floor, thank you. When they were here and they were worshiping, and um, then Ziggy came up and he said something, and they, they were playing something. And Ziggy said, uh, man, that's, you guys are messing with me. As soon as Ziggy said, you guys are messing with me. Um, 
I, I felt, uh, I felt the Lord on me and it was just like that last, uh, January of 22 where, um, it's like I could hear something and what's crazy to me, I was meant to ask Ziggy about this last night and I didn't cause I was so focused on what I was doing. So I shut off my phone, not answering anything. And, um, I feel like everybody else can hear it because it seems so loud to me. So to my surprise that January in 2022, <laughs> I told Siggy, I'm over here because the Lord was on me and I'm like jumping and I open my eyes and nobody's doing anything with me. And I'm like, I thought for sure everybody, I, I just knew that everybody was hearing what I was hearing. So here on that, I think it was Tuesday. Yes, because it was um, Pastor Ben. That Tuesday, I felt the same thing. I felt like I could hear something really loud. And I'm thinking to myself, um, oh, God, am I going um, to fall out right here? But then I started thinking about what I have to do different to acknowledge that I know God is here. When, he, when you feel his presence, you, you have to give, it's like you have to give, uh, you, there should be a reaction from you, some to, some, something that you should do. You have to react some way. Um, and I had the opportunity to react by sitting down, or I had the opportunity to react at what, um, at, at, the presence that I was feeling with the, this, what I was feeling that night. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I, I do a lot of jumping, you know, I love to praise and worship. That is just my thing. Zick Gabe, he always says, you always go like this. Well, I'm 55, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be doing cartwheels, you know, um, I tried to do one a few years back and it was not bueno. I mean, <laughs> my whole, wow. Cause I used to be a cheerleader and I did them all the time. And so I was like, Oh no, no big deal. I was like, I, was, I did it, and I came up. I was like, oh, no, cannot do that. So I've never <laughs> done it since. So I'm not one to do that. But, you know, I, I don't typically get embarrassed um, by stuff like that. Not anymore. I mean, when I was in the Mennonite church, maybe. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm not embarrassed to do those type of things. So the first thing I thought was, I'm just going to run. So when I went to take off to run, the shoes I was, I told everybody, I thought it was my shoes. Maybe they were heavy. They, they weren't really heavy, but it felt like they were heavy. And so I took around the corner and I tripped. I, I don't know because my feet were heavy, but I tripped and I burned out right here. I hit this chair and I saw Titus who was sitting right about where he was, maybe a row or two up. And I saw the look on his face because I thought I was going to take him out. He, his eyes were so big. He was like, and I went flying, and I think I skid because um, my hip was, Ziggy's like, you feeling? I was I didn't feel nothing for after three days. I think the third day, I was like, I think my hip is a little bruised over here, um, and I was on the ground. Well, you know, the Lord was speaking to me that night, and that was the, see, what's cool is that when Ziggy was like, you're preaching, I was not one, one single bit nervous or anxious. Usually, I'm like, I need two weeks. I need two weeks. I started on Thursday. Um, and let me tell you, the thoughts went through my head. Oh, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You need a week. You need a week. And I even tried to make myself like yesterday. So he was like, because I'm like, don't, you're, you're making too much noise. 
He's like, I'm talking. I said, yeah, don't talk to me. Just don't talk. I need to focus. And he's like, oh. so then I went to the, to the room and um, I said something to him. I said, you've been really quiet. He goes, you told me I talked too much. And I said, well, well you're right. I'm not going to try to get you to talk again. So, um, <laughs> so funny. He's so funny. So the Lord was speaking to me and I, he, that's when he spoke to me about one, he told me that my assignment with my children was done. Raising my kids was what my assignment was. Ziggy went traveling. I stayed home with my children. I counted a joy that I was able to raise my children. My kids are good kids. Michael is a good girl, woman now. Gaby is a good boy. Um, I am very, I'm extremely proud of the young uh, woman and young man that I've raised. They're good kids. I thank the Lord that he gave me grace. He helped me during that time of raising them when, you know, a lot, I was mom and dad for a little bit when he was gone. Dad came home and he did his thing when he needed to and Ziggy was an excellent father. But it, my job was to raise them and I'm thankful to the Lord that I was able to, to do that with my kids. But my assignment with that is over. So he was telling me that my new assignment here is that I, I saw myself preaching. I hadn't really seen that. I don't know if it's preaching, teaching, one of the two. But either way, I saw myself holding a mic, and I saw myself preaching. So um, I tried to get myself up. I could not get myself up. And I was thinking, okay, let me, let me see if I can sit up. So I sat down, and I'm, like, looking for somebody to, to help me. And Lynn was able to... Uh, help me stand. And I think Rachel was able to help me stand, but I could not, I tell you, my legs were, it felt like they were stuck to the ground. I told my brain said, move your leg. And I could not move my leg. And I'm like, oh dear, I can't move my leg. So the Lord was like, I'm not done. So I sat back down and, um, I just wanted to go to Ziggy's office so I could get away to be, be alone. And um, I couldn't do it. So I don't know how many minutes had passed. It had been a while. Um, but uh, finally, Ziggy came out, and he's like, uh, you know, are you okay? And I said, yeah. He said, you want to go to my office? And I said, yes. I could not. I know that probably the look on my face was that I was in pain, but it was that I was so concentrating, <laughs> telling my brain, saying, move your leg. And I would move it. I, it was the weirdest thing. I've never had that happen to I could not walk. I couldn't walk, but I, slow with Ayla and Ziggy helping me, I was able to make it back to the office where the Lord spoke to me some more um, about Michael, my daughter, and um, about the things that he's got planned for me and Zig. And um, I, am, I am at that point in life where I can retire. And um, it has been a struggle for me to to figure out whether or not I want to retire. Um, the money is extremely good. I'm almost making six figures here. So um, it's good money for me. And um, I can work from home. So it's really not bad that I get to work from home and I make that much money. Why not stay working? Well, I don't want to do um, what I want to do. I want to align myself with his will. And um, aligning myself with his will means that I may not 
um, be working and depending on that income, but I'm depending fully on him, which I already am. I'm not afraid to retire. It's, uh, I, I think that it's not that I'm in fear. I just don't want to leave the people that I've worked with for so long. I've worked there 31 years. I've got uh, a great team. Um, my team, uh, they don't want to leave when they go somewhere else. And I'm worried that once I do, they're all going to leave and they're going to be in a bad spot because I've had many people come to me and say, you know, your team stays here because they're loyal to you. It's not because they're loyal to the state, but they're loyal to you. And so I'm thankful that I have such a great team, but I'm not dependent on that anymore. I'm dependent on him and aligning myself with him. So I'm asking you guys today, are you willing to align yourself with him? What are you going to do? Are you willing to push through the crowd? I was willing to do whatever it took to get something for him. And let me tell you, I have been married to, the, to Ziggy for, like I said, going on 36 years this year. And they have been wonderful years. Some rough um, because I moved here from Ohio and my family to be here. And I wasn't able to go spend time with my family when he was gone. I um, didn't have friends when I first, first moved here. I knew nobody. And um, it was not an easy transition for me when I first got here. I know it was rough on my mom and dad, and I, when I think back on that and that time when I left them, I, it makes me feel bad because I know they struggled um, with the fact that their youngest girl had just picked up and moved to Oklahoma with a boy that they really didn't want me to marry. Um, when Ziggy said, can I marry your daughter? My dad said no, it threw a pan across the kitchen um, because Ziggy was like, well, I'm going to do it anyway, you know, and my dad didn't like that. Um, and I don't blame him. That was probably not a good answer to Ziggy to respond with was I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> you, you, it's, it's, it was kind of disrespectful, but Ziggy was Ziggy back then. No, he's a little more respectful now. So it, it was not an easy transition for me to come to a state, um, where I knew no one and I didn't have my family. Um, but I, the Lord knew what he had planned for me and Ziggy. My path, my path has always been ordered of him. Now, whether or not I take those steps in the order that he's placed in front of me is another thing. I had, an, I had a cho choice. What am I going to do? And um, I was willing to do what it took. Um, and again, it was not easy for me to do that. It was very difficult for me to, to come to a state where I knew no one. And I missed my, I missed my mom. Man, I missed my mom a lot, and I missed my dad. You know, they had family gatherings, parties, birthdays. I missed my nieces growing up, my nephews growing up. I missed it all. But um, I was willing to do what it took when it came to aligning myself with God. And just like this woman with the issue of blood, she aligned herself. So um, it's on the side pocket, baby, side pocket. Um, she aligned herself with God. So for you guys, what are you willing to do? Are you guys willing to push through that crowd? Even if it means that it may not line up with what you think is law in your mind. Because I think a lot of times we put our opinion in of what we think is right rather than going with what God says. Because we all have an opinion. You can get on Facebook and you can look at everybody's opinion on there. I mean, I was looking at something about Joel Osteen that he was, there was something on there about him paying off his church and he was crying and 
I cannot believe the amount of negativity that I saw on post about him being happy that they paid off the church. He's a, you know, he's a charlatan. That's what Ziggy says. Um, he, uh, con artist. And I'm like, dear Lord. So we all have an opinion. We can all say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, this is how I want to raise my family. Or this is how I want to do things. But we don't, a lot of us don't just look at the word and say, this is how it is. We want to put our opinion on, there, on that, uh, what we're going to do, this is how it is. We really have to be sure that we line up with God's word. I had to line up with God's word, and there was a, it was a battle. It was a battle for me. So what happened to me here um, at the beginning of January was not just one week's worth of praying. This was 36 years in the making of what happened to me here. Some of you guys may get frustrated with one week, a month of seeking God. I was, say 36, there was 35 years I have been trying to figure out, Lord, what am I going to do? It's not that I'm just Miss Ziggy. I'm not just Miss Ziggy. You know, that's not who I am. I'm called to more than that. So 35 years in the making of me rehearsing, what am I going to do when the opportunity comes, when God comes on me? What am I going to do? Am I going to sit back down and go, but it's been 35 years. I could be bitter at the fact that it was 35 years. Why would I be bitter at that? I have two amazing kids. I have a husband that loves the Lord that he would give the shirt off his back for anybody. He, he will speak God's word whether it makes you mad or it doesn't. And he's willing to put up with the fact that you might get mad at him because he says something to you. He's willing to do that. I have a wonderful family. In 35 years, I had a choice to make. That night, what am I going to do? How am I going to react to God coming on me? Am I going to align myself with God? Yes, I'm going to align myself. I wasn't going to put 35 years in and go, oh, no. You couldn't stop me from, go, from reaching in and getting something from God that night. There was no way you were going to stop me from receiving from God that night. And because of that, I'm able to stand here with confidence. I, I cannot even begin to explain to you how good it feels to not have to work my mind thinking about what am I, what am I gonna talk about? The anxiety that I felt, the fear that I felt, because I, I, have not, I am not one to talk. I, let me take that back. <laughs> I am one to talk. I was, I was a talker when I was young. I, man, I got in so much trouble because I talked so much. My sister was bionic mouth. I think I was bionic mouth number two because I talked a lot. And the fact that I was so worried, embarrassed, worried that I wasn't going to say the right thing, those type of things would go through me every time Ziggy, and I know the leadership would look at me like, what is wrong with her? Because he would say, oh, Annie's preaching. I'm like, no, 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 no. I would fight every time he asked. Every time he would ask me, I'm like, no. And the amount of confidence that I have today compared to just a month ago Amen. is so different. Ahead, so if I'm willing to put in 35 years, let me tell you, you guys have a call. You guys have something to do. You guys can be doing something. You guys can be praying, renewing your mind. You need to renew your mind. You have to renew your mind so that when something else comes up, because the enemy is going to come, He's going to do what he can. He's going to try to get in your head. So when the enemy comes to try to put something in your head, you have something to fight him with. You know what God's word said. So as soon as he says something about sickness, you're like, no. God says that I'm healed by his stripes. 
you, you can start to speak God's word. So you have to align yourself. You have to put yourself in a position that you're willing to receive. And you have to be willing to give it all that you have. If it takes you 40 years. It's just like healing. When I was talking to Ziggy about healing, when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in hypothyroid, I went to him. I'm crying, and I'm like, but I don't understand. I'm, I believe in faith. He goes, but you don't because you're standing here crying, telling me that you believe it, but you're feeling it. You don't have a revelation of what it means because you're, you're, what your actions aren't saying that you do have the faith. So... I'm like, man, that, that really kind of stung me um, <clears throat> when he said that to me. So when you, clear, when you have that understanding of healing, when, when you rehearse those things, even if it, it's like this, you know you're healed, and if you die believing that you're healed, then you die knowing that you're healed. Do you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be moved from what you know God's word says. I'm healed. And even if I go to the grave with, with a disease or a hypothyroid, which I am not going to do, I'm just saying, I'm believing even though I was to die today that I'm healed. I'm healed. So thank the Lord. I am so grateful to the Lord. I'm thankful that he is willing to talk to us that even though we make huge mistakes, that he comes to us anyway. He's a good God. He loves us. And I am so thankful that he was willing to be patient with me, even in my times of self-pity, <laughs> um, because I was home. Uh, you know, I felt like I missed out on a lot of the things that Ziggy did. You know, he'd come home with stories and... Um, <clears throat> you know, that Ted got to experience, um, that I didn't get to experience, and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know, and uh, there for a while, I was mad at Ted for it, <laughs> you know, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was rough for me, you know, uh, Ziggy's spending all these uh, times away and experiencing the Lord, and I'm picking up uh, throw up from a kid that, you know, got sick from drinking high C and chocolate milk <laughs> together. It's disgusting. And I had to clean that up. So um, it, it, was a, it was a battle for me. So I, you know, thank the Lord. So if I, I encourage you, if you are at a point in your life where you feel like you're about to give up because you don't feel like you're getting an answer, just keep on. Okay. This, like this lady, keep on like this lady. 12 years, keep on. Maybe another year. Could be six months. It could be this week. I don't know. But just keep on. God's faithful. He's faithful. He's true to his word. If he, if he said it, he'll do it. If he said it, he'll do it. Watch your words. Watch what you're saying. Think about the things that come out of your mouth before you say it. You know how you get to where you're saying, man, I'm tired. And then you realize, why did I say that? I'm not tired. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Okay, if you guys will stand with me, thank the Lord today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jim. Are you playing, son? Or Michael? Because I'm not singing. 
Yeah, it's another missed opportunity. I need to align myself with the world. <laughs> let, me, let me sing. No, I'm not called to sing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask my elders to come up. If you're an elder, you guys can come up and you guys can help pray if anybody has prayer that you guys need. We need to be in agreement with Twyla today. Her body needs to line up with God's word. Um, For a while, Twyla, um, whenever I would get sick with something, and that's the other thing the Lord told me. He said I wasn't going to have trouble with sickness like I have because I've been having quite a few issues this last year. I I can't believe how horrible this past year was. I I met my deductible (laughs) because I was sick quite a bit this last year. Um, so, but every time I would get sick, I would have an issue with a cough. Um, it would be lingering. Um, and that's been happening to me for probably two and a half years. I would get sick and the cough would last six months. You know, I couldn't laugh without coughing. And, um, you know, like I said, Zig and I were sick the week before Christmas and I do not have that issue. And typically for the past two and a half years, I mean, literally it's been I've had a cough, a constant chronic cough for two and a half years where it would, you know, cease for maybe three months and then I would get sick and then I would have a cough again for God knows how long. So, um, so I speak healing to your body right now in Jesus name. I rebuke that sickness that is trying to come on Twyla. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you took those stripes upon your back, God, so that we could claim healing in our body. So right now, I rebuke that sickness. I rebuke that cough. I command you to leave her body. And body, I command you to line up with God's word right now. You are healthy and you are whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your touch on her body, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're a good God, Lord, and that in your your word says, God, that sickness is not allowed in our bodies, Lord. You took those stripes for a reason. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the manifestation of healing in her body. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So if you guys have prayer, you guys can come up to one of these elders and ask for prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.